guys and girls and everybody. This is Lissa Mandel from the Bitch Seat Podcast. As some of you may know, we are a part of the Atlantic Transmission Network, which is a network that puts out all kinds of great podcasts. A great way to support our show and our sister shows is to visit theatlantictransmission.com and click on the Amazon link at the top of the homepage. It's all the same great Amazon stuff at the same great price, but we get a small piece for sending you there. So if you want to keep shows like The Bitch Seat going, keep us happy, then, uh, you know, throw in your pennies. You don't even have to pay anything extra. Hey, campers. What's up, guys? What's up? It's a Saturday in Los Angeles. It's actually partly sunny, which is nice. High of 65 degrees. My chest hurts, but that's besides the point. <laughs> it's not where the heart is. Your so chest hurts. I'm about to start bleeding, and uh, we're just having a great day. So. It's great. I have my direct deposit set up for Postmates, so I just have to decide to deliver food. So we're all going to be okay. You just help those lazy people out getting their donuts to them. I, you know, if, if it's just donuts, then I got no problem. Well, Phil, today, uh, because we had the amazing Jess Wood on recently and she had a million stories, uh, we had to have her back. Oh, yeah. So this is part two of three, right? Yeah, this is. Yeah, I think part two of three. This is our first part two on the show so far. Yes. Um, I'm very excited about that. Yes. Much deserved. This woman is just incredible fount of stories. Um, How are you doing? I I'm I'm pretty moody. I'm I'm pretty irritable. And uh, I. I'm just having one of those days where I'm going to have clenched teeth all day long. Oh, me too. And I'm just trying to accept it and drink my iced coffee, have a clonopin, and uh, maybe do some yoga in a park because it's actually not raining today. I don't know what's... Listen, I'm happy for the state of California. <laughs> I really am. Uh, I'm happy for nature and greenery and everything. But, I mean, it's kind of a cosmic joke that I came to live out here to get away from weather and the weather just followed me. No, but listen, you, you can't be upset about that because California needed this weather so fucking bad. And like a year before I came here, I was monitoring this and I was really excited to be coming here at a point of abundance for their green nature and uh, marijuana and all the but green, also the all rain, the all the water, looking at the overhead shots of the reservoirs and seeing all the water. It's, it's tremendous. It's great. But unfortunately, we're here in an emotional state that is not helped by this weather. <laughs> so I get it. I get Although, it. you know, there is, you know, as of course, uh, a melodramatic artist, there is a satisfaction to the weather mirroring my feelings. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, so, but, but after a while I'm like, okay, this is getting a little old. I, I could have stayed in New York. But They're having a blizzard. They had a snow day that I, I missed. I love snow days. I hate snow. So I'm glad I'm here. But on the other hand, be grateful for the variance in weather because when it's every day is sunny, eventually you're going to get sick of it. I know. I'm just saying, we got here less than two weeks ago. Cut us a break, Mother Nature, please. Listen, my issue isn't with Mother Nature. It's with Mother Jobs. <laughs> I, <laughs> she and I haven't been talking for a while. I know, I know. And I'm trying to uh, be nice to Mother Jobs and at the same time, Mother Ambition. Um, still going <laughs> full steam ahead. I'm still on New York time and I'm like, come on, it's been 10 days. Yeah, I don't been. have an agent yet. What's wrong? Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> it's like, calm down. I know. Well, uh, but listen, you know, I got places to go. Making, like, my ovaries are drying up. Things are happening. <laughs> that's that's something you should talk to me about, but not not in public. But also, we could do it. In, we could hash that out. No, it's okay. I, you know what? Instead, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take it back to a simpler time, and uh, a simpler time is from my uh, first diary ever, Satin. Uh, and it's from April 15th, 1995, this entry. What do you oh, have to yeah. say about that time? April 15th, 1995. That's, that's the radio sounds. Uh, <laughs> so the number one song at the time was This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan just oh, came out. yeah. Uh, and also in the UK, Back For Good was the song, which is, uh, which is like, whatever I say, whatever I do. It was, it played, it. I, I just want you back for good. Want you back. Want you back. Yeah, yeah. it's one of those. It's, <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, there was something go. There was a sniper issue in Sarajevo. Oklahoma City bombing was fresh in everybody's memory. And they we were, drove through that we, place we did. on our way here. We did. And gosh darn it, I... It was a sad place. It was a sad, listen, we, we have uh, uh, 1,500 listeners in Oklahoma. <laughs> 
And and I gotta say to you guys, it's a great great state, but your tolls, your tolls gotta stop. <laughs> There's too many of them for transients. Uh, and I, at the time, I was probably going to uh, taking lunch breaks to Ralph's Pizzeria with my friend Ralph, who was not. Uh, you only went to Ralph's Pizzeria because your friend's name was Ralph. No, no, it was the closest one to school. And uh, the, their dollar slices were great because back in the day, oh, dollar slices, dollar slices, were, yeah, but 1995 dollar slices were 250, you know, like now they would be 250 or three dollars. Back then they were, they were, I know, but there are still dollar slices now in New York. But and they're I really not wish that good. You know what? I would make bank if I opened a two bros franchise in LA, I would make bank. You could, you could make bank, but then you'd have to hire the labor and they're cracking down because we have mythical ICE uh, checkpoints. Or you could probably just populate it with actors uh, and artists who need jobs. The hey, two bros? A two bros. It could be the new hangout. It could be. It could be. This is a good thing. We should, uh, let's table this discussion and yes. discuss it at a different table. And uh, not perhaps the, Perhaps a table at uh, Town Pizza, which they are not paying us. But if you're in LA, shout out to Town Pizza Great on pizza. York in Highland Park. It's excellent. This is the second shout out they've gotten this month. Oh, Mark no. Mark just gave them a shout out on like Thursday. <laughs> well. Mark Marin, he had it. Is my brother. He just doesn't know it yet. Yeah, but he also. Yeah, it's true. He's. I don't think he's your brother. I think he's more like your uncle. Like a, we already discussed earlier this week that uncles are creepy. We can't n- go there. Not all uncles. My uncle Frank is not creepy. Hashtag not all uncles. <laughs> Read your diary. Okay. All right. April fifteenth, nineteen ninety-five. Dear Satin, I am in a very poetic mood, so I think I'll say I love Tim more than life itself. <laughs> You know, I always wondered what would happen if I were popular and the popular kids were in my shoes. They take it all for granted. I'll bet I liked him twice as much as Geraldine does. She doesn't realize how lucky she is. You know what Tim wrote on his bag in Whiteout? I heart JK forever and TV hearts JK. It's so depressing. Did I ever tell you, I must have, that Allison broke her leg rollerblading? It was her ticket to popularity. Josh, Jeff, and PJ were fighting over her. Everyone wanted to wheel her around. Allison loves the attention. I would, too, if I were her. At Jordan's Bar Mitzvah, Aaron Birch was there. (laughs) The event inspired me to write two masterpieces, one of which I'm keeping totally secret because it's embarrassing, and everyone who reads it will giggle, the other of which I'm handing in to Mrs. Dudley for a dialogue composition. One problem, it has a curse in it. By the way, I don't know if you remember the piece about the gun Remember the, Is yeah, that one of the masterpieces? That, that, was Aaron, that was based on Aaron Birch at Jordan Slidgers Bar Mitzvah. Aaron yes. Birch? Birch. Aaron Birch. Yes. Jordan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yesterday, Passover started. I already broke my fast by having a slice of pizza, <laughs> of pizza for lunch on Austin Street. One day. <laughs> one day. By the way, great street. Oh, this is Austin Street in Forest Hills. So my parents... Their first apartment together was in Forest Hills Gardens in Queens, and they will never forgive themselves for not buying it when it went condo. But we went to visit Austin Street. By the way, great street. (laughs) It's covered with shops and restaurants. April vacation started Friday. We were supposed to go to Boston, but too late to make reservations now. The only good part of the vacation is now here in New York. Uh, Tomorrow, we're going to see Tommy on Broadway. The funny thing is... Uh, the Costas are going to see Beauty and the Beast on Broadway also. Maybe we'll see them there. Love, LMM. Did you get to see them? I I don't think I did, but honestly, after seeing Tommy, I, I needed to go to rehab. Like, that show <laughs> messed me up so badly. I loved it. I was obsessed with it. Creepy but it uncle. Really, creepy uncle. See? Listen, not all uncles, but creepy uncles. Yeah, he. there was a song. Listen, there was a song about in a Broadway butter. show about diddling a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. And and I saw it when I was 11. So you were mentally diddled by that song. <laughs> you had to go to rehab. So, I, I mean, that's the. So there you have it, folks. That was another thing I turned into Mrs. Dudley, my description of Tommy and, and how it broke me. Oh, boy. Well, <sighs> well, well, here we are. And now breaths. my none of my problems uh, when I was that age were remotely significant. Um, no, my biggest problem at the time was uh, I was very sad. So I found out that Wolverine had uh, gotten his adamantium skeleton ripped out of him <laughs> painfully in a comic book. 
In a comic book. And here we are recording in Meltdown Comics. In a comic store. So it all comes full circle. So the pain is still real. It is. And it's it's taken a new meaning. Anyway, let's, anyway, we're let's gonna, get we, on to let's this. Let's get on to this because we have someone here who's got way better stories than I do. Um, you've heard her before. You'll hear her again. In about five in seconds. A, <laughs> her name is Jess Wood. All right, we're trying this intro again for you, Jess. All right, so Jess, she's on the beach in Venice. She's kicking around a cigarette butt uh, with her one bare foot. She's wearing a hoodie. She doesn't give any shits at all. She's got like sort of uh, uh, like old day, like day glow uh, toenail paint, but it's sort of chipped because it's sort of she's been like because she's been kicking stuff. cigarette butts she's on the beach for a, for a while. while. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Jess. Hey, Jess. Hi. Hi, guys. Wow, that was a really good description. Like, well, I guess you, I gave you. You gave us some hints last time. <laughs> you a lot, huh? Welcome Ooh, back. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Thanks, you guys. I love your entry. Every, uh, I God, God, you write. Like, you're 13 at that point? 11. 11? Jesus Christ, woman. You're, like, so prolific. I look, just me writing now, I'm like, and then fucking, fucking, fucking. Like, okay, that's good. No, but that's what I've turned it. Honestly, I really think that weed has melted my brain a little bit because it's, I, it used to flow much more freely. Yeah, but I think the world has melted your brain a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, jaded not, from, from society. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Totally. You're not as whimsical because life has given you the shits. Because life isn't whimsical. And it's also, not. Look at you with your blotation device. Yeah. Right? You're like feeling like a person of PMS. <laughs> well, that's what I always feel like, a blotation yeah, device. Totally, totally. Yeah, I'm not calling you a blotation no, device. No, I, I feel like a blotation you know? device... <laughs> I I feel like there are ants in my br- like fire ants in my brain and they are just like really impatient. That's how PMS feels. Like yeah. that's I'm I'm totally with you on this. Yeah. I am. I yeah. hate the fucking PMS. It's the like And I've said this before. You mentioned the red tent earlier before yes, we recorded. The red tent. Um and I've said this before and I'll say it again. Um I wish that people that women on their periods could just go and like sit on a bucket for a week. Like, Fuck please yes. give me the freedom to not deal with shit because my body is going through something right now. That's exactly. I think that the Native Americans actually had it correct. If I'm, I don't know how well on history I am, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that they gave the woman whoever was menstruating a giant, beautiful cloak that everyone had, you know, knit or sewn uh, together yeah. of like furs and animal things. Oh, wow. She then wore that cloak just naked underneath and bled through the area of where they wanted to farm and men followed her and followed her blood drops and planted seeds. Uh, you know, oh, this will be corn. So amazing. You know what I mean? This will be, I believe that's how, and then they worshiped her so hard. I mean, the women, yep. you know, it's so powerful. That's why all these guys are like, you better burn her. She's a witch. <laughs> you know, like they all are so scared. Like, it's yeah, so, we give life, motherfucker. You we better are be a witch. Scared. That's it's right. so we, sad what we've done to you guys. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. It's they, not your fault, Phil. Listen, thank you, Phil. Cause you know what? A baby wipes come with my fucking pads. Now they're like, wipe it up leaders. <laughs> Like, yeah. Oh, also, BC Dub, if you're a lady listening, don't ever buy scented feminine products. No, 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 no. That no, will no. give you a yeast infection, like ASAP. Stat. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, no good. No good. When do you? When did you start menstruating, Jess? Oh gosh, I guess I was around eleven or twelve. It was pretty early on, like when my, you know, the use of uh, the paint huffing and then the period, did you that, know, right do you nearby. Think that sped up oh, your sure. no, I don't maturity know. <laughs> or like arrested the development. Of it. I don't know. I really don't know. I was really. I looked like how I look now when I was eleven. So it was a very off putting for me to get so much attention yeah. from grown people were giving me a lot of attention, even though I had a little tiny fat little. A uh, baby face. So, you know. But, but they, they could smell the hormones on oh, you. Oh, they were just like, hey, she'd like to get pregnant by me. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I got so pregnant so many times. Did you? <laughs> no children to speak of. <laughs> yeah. Because I love the choices. The choices. You're, someone mm-hmm. told me recently, you're not supposed to say you love abortion, Jessica. But <laughs> I think I do. I don't see why not. No, why can't I say that? That's you using, taking a taking it back. That's you, as you're exercising a choice. And that's something to be proud of. I think so. I think so. I think it's something that we have to deal with. If You know, emotionally, whatever your deal is as yeah. a lady, it's so unfair that it's up in fucking men's departments of what they're supposed to do with oh, it. Oh, we Fuck. can't even. I mean, I know that's a whole different story, but good Christ. I feel your ovaries from here, my love. I, yeah, they're, <laughs> they have their chainsaws out. They're... They're ready to bust. That's what's up. That's what's up. But I got my period and I thought I was dying. Nobody really explained it to me. Like I asked my mom about sex and about my period, you know, all these things. Yeah. What'd she say? 
oh, well, you know, Jesse, it's just, uh, it's natural. It'll happen when it happens. <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck is that vagueness about? You know, no, it's happening. Well, actually, the period happened when I was with my stepmom and her, and my the guy I thought was my dad, because I don't know, right. you know. And uh, she was like, oh, okay, it's happening. Like, it was so just, you know, well, right. So you weren't excited about it at all? Well, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, because I had already been, like, getting finger banged and stuff. Like, I was already pretty oh, active sexually. Oh, so your cherry, your cherry had been popped? I don't know. Probably by a finger. Maybe. Ooh. <laughs> guys, Jamie Green in the, in the bulb courts of the fucking Gardner Park at the at the ball box. Oh, yeah? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Was it good for you, or did you just pretend it was good for it you? It was really good. I've been actually orgasming since I'm a kid. And I don't know if it's because of the molestation. Like sometimes they say. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I wish we had the bell. I know we need our little things. It's really wrong. But you know, there's because I've been to therapy for so long and there was a connection for a while with my sexuality and the molestation, which they find a lot. You know, first of all, children are very sexual. Yes. Naturally, yes. correct? And they're so, touching themselves yes. really early before they're they know what it is. trying to figure it out, well, everybody, yeah, right? because when you're young, like, first of all, when you're a baby, your whole body's an erogenous zone. And mm-hmm. as you get older, that gets, like, depleted and depleted and depleted. Right. But, um, yeah. But I think that, yeah, so I think that because the adults, because I've come to, I think, a healthier place with it, or else I wouldn't obviously bring it up with you guys, mm-hmm. um, in that I realize what the the adults were doing was trying to self-soothe. This is not giving them an excuse at all. They're fucked up people. And I have yelled at people and I have told people off and I've talked to a lot of, you know, parentals about it. Sure. Uh, But it was really a time. I mean, the seventies was like a weird time for everybody. There was a lot of tumultuous shit going on politically. It was very much like right now. I I, yeah. I, I don't mean to say like No, I mean, I'm curious to know because for, for Phil, for me and Phil, this is the first time we've been through a time that's this yeah. intensely tumultuous politically. Right. And we've I never needed that's... to touch kids uh, to get through anything yet. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm going to I'm, hold on to that record. I mean, you know, there were just so many drugs. <laughs> oh, there were just so many drugs and yeah. so much alcohol and everyone was like naked. Like when Free I love. My, and... Yeah, when I asked my mom what how I learned about sex, she said to me, oh, I don't know, Jesse. What do you mean? You know, something like, what do you mean? And I go, I go, you know, about sex. And she goes, well, I told you, you know, everyone was naked all the time. And I go, well, yeah, but did you teach me about everyone being naked and why they were naked all yeah. the time? And she goes, well, I well, I just, I think I told you, you know, everyone's stoned. Mm-hmm. And I go. Is that an excuse? Uh, right. And what? I go, wait, so my, my sex education was that everyone's stoned and naked all the time wandering around. Yeah. And then she goes, oh, God, Jessica, you know, I know you want to elicit some sort of guilt out of me. And she goes, and I know you think it's a cop out. When I tell you, I don't remember. And I said, well, kind of. But, <laughs> you know, that entire generation, like, of of men and women who had children in that time, it, there are documentaries made about how, what the damage that was done to the children. Yes. Like, the most, because there were no rules for anyone. And that's what I mean when I say the right. self-soothing thing, mm-hmm. is, like, how will I feel better? And even for the children, like that's why I started using drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. so early on was because I needed to soothe myself. Of course. Of all this like crazy craziness around you. Because like so all of the, the adults around you were acting like children. So exactly. you had nobody to yeah. like ground yourself to. Exactly. Okay. And that was something like they were coiled up like a like a bed spring from the 50s and 60s and once 68 right. 69 they boom, exploded the yeah. 70s here here we go let's touch some kids <laughs> <laughs> i love how that go back to that well it's really unfortunate because a lot of my friends uh had been molested and a lot of my friends had been through you know because you're just left alone all the time sure and i i had a guy who i was uh who was my boyfriend when i was a kid I reconnected with a couple years ago and fell in love with and had this amazing love affair across the, oh, wow. like he was in Hawaii. I was in Brooklyn. I, of course this is going to work, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but we oh, completely fell in love, right? So, oh, no. uh, oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to bring anybody <laughs> no, down. No, no, no. It's okay. It's, it's a good story. what brought me back yes. here to mm-hmm. this place. So he and I shared a lot in the, in the years that we hadn't seen one another. We, we were talking about, you know, relationships that we had had and we'd both struggled with heroin problems and mm-hmm. the molestation stuff had come up and being abandoned as children came mm-hmm. up. And it was a really 
intense, very real and raw relationship with mm-hmm. this man who I was like completely attracted to mm-hmm. as well. Where I was like, we are going to a fog. You know, like, <laughs> I was so excited. So he was living in Hawaii. I got a ticket to Hawaii. All right, everybody, hold your friend that you love or hold your penis or your vagina right now. It, he died 10 days before I was supposed to get there. So he relapsed. Insane. And oh OD'd. It's so insane. By accident, you know, by accident. And it was 10 days before I was supposed to go. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I came out here to do the memorial for him. Mm-hmm. And his parents couldn't pull it together right away. So it was me and like a bunch of ragtag kids that I grew up with who were like, let's meet on the beach in Venice and talk about caves, you know? And mm-hmm. so we just told stories and stuff. And like, then I moved back here because that memorial that I'm standing on Venice beach, full moon, palm trees. It's fucking gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I'm standing there and I'm like, this is where I'm from. This is my home. Yeah. It's beautiful here. Fuck. Like, and then a couple of my friends who I grew up with, like this one kid, Ethan, I'm like, Ethan, we went to fifth grade together, huh? And he's like, uh, yeah, Jessica. I was like, (laughs) fuck. I go, I think I might move back here. I think I want to move back here. And he goes, you can move back, but no plus ones. Because he's tired of it getting too crowded in in LA, so no plus one. <laughs> so you guys, I'm sorry, you're my plus twos. I don't. No, mind. I'm so I'll, sorry. We are we are I'll the justification. I'll right. bring you to the under the ropes, baby. I don't care. I love y'all. <laughs> fuck, fuck him. Yes. Yeah, thank you. But uh, yeah, so then that brought me back here, and then in July, I'm, the reason I'm telling you all this backstory is because in July of of just last year, they finally mm-hmm. the family finally got it together to have the memorial for Case, mm-hmm. and so I showed up. And I ended up getting up and talking and they did a very interesting thing with their memorial. They decided to do very like, oh, we're going to be very honest instead of all flowery. Mm-hmm. We're going to kind of tell some real shit. Mm-hmm. And I'd never really been. I've been to a lot of fucking funerals. Yeah. Kids, but I'd never been to one where people were like, Mer, he was a disappointment. Like, ah, yeah. like, what are you fucking saying? Like yeah. his, his ashes are in cursing front of you. The, like, cursing what? the dead. Yeah. That's like, not what? a good ah. plan. Yeah. Yes, Phil. No, that that was uh, my one of my best friends did that at his grandmother's funeral i think his father got up and was like let's be honest she wasn't all that great and then everybody was like yeah yeah she wasn't all that and then they started just by confronting the negativity they yes. were able to get to the heart of it yes I mean, I it wasn't a, all horrible yeah. exactly but exactly. getting the but whole it was image heavy man yeah. yeah it's it's heavy but it, it you know but it led me it's interesting that you say that because it led me to by the time i got up well first of all i have to just give you this one Oh, a, a woman gets up. So people are just kind of going up and coming down and going up. And having the, these honest and responses. Having, yeah, and having mm-hmm. these, you know, things. And there's a real theme going that he was, like, really loving and he was really strong and he was a leader and he was, mm-hmm. you know, this great guy. And, <clears throat> excuse me, at one point this girl gets up, really beautiful girl, you know, in her 30s, and she gets up there and she's all natural and, like, fucking, you know, no bra and, like, Buddha necklace. And she goes, Hi. My name's Jessica, and I loved Case. What? <gasps> no. Oh, record scratch. Holy, 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 Exactly. What the fuck? Ha- oh. What? And I was like, am I here? Am I there? Is that me? Amidst who? Ha- what? Whoa. It was so fucking weird, you guys. I was like, wait, I'm Jessica. I loved Case. What the fuck is happening right now? And you had turned- a whole collection of hippie Jessicas. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Gosh. Buddha necklace and all. <laughs> and she, so she goes on to say that actually their, their families were friends and that she grew up with him. And always was in love with him. And he never did anything. She was like two years younger than him. He always was like really respectful, family friend. Mm -hmm. She wanted to lose her virginity to him. And he said to her, no. And she told this story on the fucking. This is the funeral story, really, lady? Okay, well, that's cool. So he wanted to take her virginity. and And she wanted him to take her virginity. And he said no, because he said, quote, it won't mean anything to me, but it's a really big deal for you. And you should do it with someone that you love and oh. that loves you and you care about and cares about you. That's oh a good my guy. God. And then you were like, why is he guy. dead? I know. I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Oh. So then I was like, all right. So then, but I'm sitting up front with the mom and the dad and the stepmom and the mm-hmm. other stepmom and the other stepmom. You know, that was how the dad was. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm up front and the fucking dad leans over to me after homegirl Jessica walks off the stage, like is walking mm-hmm. off stage. He leans over to me and goes, Okay, so you're ready. You go, go ahead. And I look at him and I go, are you fucking kidding me right now? I'm not following Jessica who loved Case. That's awkward. Yeah. Like I totally said exactly that. And he goes, oh, 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 okay. He's very handsome, man. (laughs) Not that smart. So, So I let a few more people go up and a few more people went up. And then I felt like, okay, I think it's the end. And so then I got up 
And I fully was just fucking telling everybody like what we just were talking about. Look, uh, the hippies fucked us up because they were all children. Mm-hmm. They, sh- they had children, but we were the first generation of kids to get parents who didn't want to grow up. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck does that do to your kids? Mm-hmm. You don't know anything. What do you, and they're not there. So like I said on that stage that day at mm-hmm. that funeral, I told these people a room filled with people, my parents age, I said to them, you guys, y- you fucked up. Wow. You fucked up and you left us alone. And I've been to too many of these. Mm-hmm. And I've been to have way too many friends who are just like, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Because you guys didn't fucking take the time because you didn't know what you were doing. Right. There were yeah. no role models of like responsibility or self-reliance yep. or exactly. anything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It was all just, like I said before, self-soothing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't give an excuse to the touching of the children. It's just kind of a whole kind of thing that was over the entire generation it felt like mm-hmm. it was like they just did stuff that like felt good and without thinking I... of like the long-term consequences <laughs> exactly or planning yep. um or what happens to each other even the women of the free love movement they'll t- they'll tell you today i didn't want to share my guy i don't want to have to fuck a bunch of other ladies in front i didn't want that was you know when I, i've been writing this book and when I came to the part about like, how did I learn how to potty train? Like, how was I potty trained? I was trying, I can't remember that far back, yeah. you know? And my aunt goes, potty trained? You shat on the lawn like an animal. <gasps> okay, very good. Thanks. Whoa. Now I know. Yeah, like that's very good. And it wasn't even in Topanga Canyon where I lived as a little girl. It was like mm-hmm. in West Hollywood where we lived in, like, <laughs> in an apartment where I was like on the lawn, like cars going by. Are you crazy? That's why I can shit anywhere. That's yeah, why I see, can shit I anywhere. This is, it's a good, I, it's a good thing. It's a good skill to have. I mean, really, I, I'm okay with it. Well, it truly is. I survival mean, you could, for sure. You could go anywhere and be fine. Exactly. I go to yeah. any concert, any porta potty, fucking mm-hmm. Andy Gump, me and him are friends. I mean, it's such a testament to your strength as, I mean, I, I can't speak for everybody of your generation because I don't know them, but but you turned out amazing. And Thank you. that is, I feel like you overrode a lot of bad programming. It's a so. lot of therapy, I have to say. A lot yeah. of therapy, a lot of Buddhism, uh, The Artist's Way. I'm going oh to mention that book this, on the show. This book is coming yeah. into my life over and over and over again. Oh, so you haven't week. done it? No, I oh, did then. it in college. It's in our oh. sublet right now. But, yeah, our, it, it, it was there when we got there. Yeah, it was. It, this Guys. book was in our apartment when we arrived. I've talked to like three different friends about having to do it again because Guys. it's definitely time. And you bringing it up here is like All I the do nail are morning pages. M- morning pages is like mm-hmm. what I live for. Mm-hmm. I can't go a day without the morning pages. And listen, why is it so fucking hard? I'm going to talk about artists. Wait for a second. Yeah. Why is it so hard to have a date with yourself? Why is it so hard to have an hour with something you love to do. It's not at the bar. It's not at the weed shop. You know what I mean? Like, here's me going to the toy shop and looking at some fucking funny stickers or getting some bubbles. Yeah. Or, well, do you want to brief, briefly tell uh, the listeners who don't know what the artist's way is? Well, I think it's, uh, I've always described it as like a self. Ugh, I hate self. I hate. Why is it so no, bad word? Self-help. Because I think helping yourself is so good. Well, it is. because it, Well, self-help just it became a buzzword for um for scams and hacks. Yeah, We're just ex- trying to make a buck. Exploit- it exploded because you can have a, co- a confidence man who traditionally would sell snake oil can just be like, well, like yourself. Right, because everybody thinks right. of uh, of Tom Cruise and Magnolia. Yeah. And also of uh, 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 who's he? What? Al Franken. And, you know, I'm good enough. Oh, I'm oh yeah. And, you know, and gosh it's like, darn it, people like yeah, it. Yeah, and it's like, why are we making fun of that? It's so sad. I know. Well, we think it's so, but so. It has come back around. But I think it's a workbook. Yeah, that's a great way to that's describe it. That's why I love it. Yeah. It's a it's a workbook for yourself. Like, it's, it's like, it's only for you. Nobody else is mm-hmm. supposed to look at it's it. It's basically a workbook to help, to help uh, nurture your creativity. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Along with, by the way, Liz Gilbert's book, Big Magic. Have you read that I yet, haven't. Jess? No. Um, I'm actually reading it now. Uh, Maybe you'll loan it to me when you're done. I would love to. Oh, uh, but that, uh, The War of Art. Oh, I love The War um, of Art. Bird by Bird by, by Anne Bird. Lamott. I, lo- I love Anne Lamott. Yes. She's, oh, yeah. I love her. She's so all of these books are I great for. I haven't read any of these. And well, I, we're going to get dip on into it. it. Yeah. Because it's, Beautiful. it's not about, it's, it's not about, you know, results-driven product or anything. All these things that we're obsessed with. Well, at least I'm obsessed with being in this business. It is it is just for you, and it is just for your process. And really, as a New Yorker, I feel like uh, there's going to be a period of a, adjustment to not being results-driven every single minute of the day. 
It's um, not as easy here. You have to be here for the island time. I know I said that before, yeah. but it really is this island time mentality and this and this long term, like you were saying before, like a long term, knowing that there's a long term result if you just continually put yourself out there because people are what more than in New York here, people are concentrating on watching what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People are actually watching. So just keep putting yourself out and keep being authentic. Mm-hmm. That's what I keep thinking is like, you know, it, it doesn't always like for me, my history in comedy has been that my authenticity has always gotten me in trouble. So podcasting has gotten and writing has really actually been wonderful for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love to act because it's not me, but for my story, podcasting and, and writing, because I'm not getting the the judgment that I get in the, in, I, and I hate to say it because mm-hmm. I love doing comedy and I'm not going to stop, but doing stand up and telling these kinds of deep things mm-hmm. is really hard for the audience a lot of time. Sure. Because they didn't come ready to delve into something like that. You right. kind of have to trick them into being in, yeah. okay with that world. But there's a change going on now. You can't go to like a, a, a Laffy's in Illinois and <laughs> make a joke. Oh, and, Laffy's. And, and oh, like, make a Trump joke and not get not upset somebody. So I right. think audiences are actually going for a sort of heightened, uh, like more intellectual comedy in, in the places where we're preaching to the choir. Yeah, right. I was exactly. just talking about George Carlin and how mm. he, he is so incredibly relevant again. And, um, uh, and so is Pryor. I mean, Pryor yep. is my guy. I love Carlin as well, but Bill Pryor Hicks. obviously is my guy. Yeah. Hicks, but Pryor talking about, uh, uh, he has one joke where he talks about how he shoots his car because he got into a fight with his lady. He goes outside and he shoots <laughs> yeah. his, all the tires and he's like, and then take that, take that. And then he goes, and then and then somebody called the police. So I had to go inside because police don't shoot cars. Police shoot near cars. Right. right. And that was in 1977. Yeah. And how the fuck are we still? We're still 40 fucking years later in this mess, you know? And and comedians, I mean, we got to get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. We got to get, we gotta un- get we gotta uncomfortable so that other people feel feel okay getting uncomfortable. We got to twist ourselves exactly. so that they don't have to do it themselves and they can be like, ha ha, look at that. That's great. And then they're <laughs> then they can go back to their lives. And well, and I mean, yeah, no something that can be said for uh, like a, a political era that's full of turmoil is that um, being a complacent observer is not enough. Well, yeah, all those everybody's guys we, implicated. Exactly. And all yeah. those guys we just mentioned were in the time that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. They were all either created in that time or coming out so huge at that time. Mm-hmm. And Carlin and Pryor, especially in mm-hmm. the 70s. Oh, yeah. When I, I mean, I was three, four years old getting taken to these fucking movies that are completely inappropriate. But it's what shaped me. It's what saved me. Do you know how many times I've made adults who are inappropriate laugh and they left me alone? You know oh, how, so that was your... Oh, it's my survival skill, baby. Yeah, that's the that's whole thing is like humor. Gang members. I was like, they were like, you're hilarious. You need to be a fucking comedian. <laughs> I'm like, I do. They're like, yeah, you're fucking stupid. So dumb. <laughs> that was such a term of endearment with the cholos, you know, like... Oh, because God forbid they actually showed vulnerability and that they liked you, Oh, you know? fuck no. If, you, have you, if you've watched Neil Brennan's uh, special, which I can't recommend enough. I haven't yet. Three mics. Really oh, God. He talks about vulnerability and uh, and black men, actually, he uses instead of the, the Mexican men that we're talking about right now that mm-hmm. can't the gang members. And he said, you know, uh, I've I, I become friends with black guys. They all are like, oh, Neil, you don't give a fuck. And he's like, no, I'm just scared all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, and black guys can't be scared. They can't ever show sadness. And he goes, I'm always sad all the time. And he goes, and black guys can't show sadness unless they have a saxophone. <laughs> oh my oh god. god oh so beautiful he talks he's just got beautiful shit to talk about he's, I gotta watch it it's such a touching show and it's I mean that and I, I recommend Patrice O'Neill's Elephant in the Room I know yeah. he's been dead for a bit but no he's so he's, good his, that relevant. Elephant in the Room is so relevant right now especially with he starts out with a bunch of racial uh, uh, stuff about knowing women's names who have been abducted white women yep and not knowing black women's names who've been also been abducted mm-hmm. and uh oh lord yay comedy oh this is great i'm glad we're i'm glad, I'm glad we're, we're doing tying this. it up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because it's what go ahead nothing oh oh my god you look like you're about to say something you guys are so cute nothing <laughs> I fucking I, love you is guys. it right arm or left arm for a heart attack which one hurt which? oh god i'm kidding i'm kidding I'm do you kidding. smell burnt toast like it 
or oranges hair, whenever hair? i smell oranges not on no okay oh so yeah so when i saw you today and you were wearing some kind of citrus perfume i did not think that i was, was having a, a stroke okay good good. good i'm kidding my arm does it's hurt, your, it is your left uh, arm it's this is my right arm oh good oh <laughs> it's just a stroke i'm fine i'm fine <laughs> Oh my gosh, guys! I'm good. I mean, it's it's been a week of kind of of kind of hoping that we like fell down a flight of stairs or got hit by a bus so that we could maybe. Well, I mean, fall down a flight insurance. of stairs and land on a pile of money. That's mm. the real fantasy. Yeah, you get you fall down a pile of pile of stairs. You fall down a pile of stairs. <laughs> I would hope it was a pile of stairs. And you get only hurt enough that you can still like recover fully and you can still have full brain function, but you collect a windfall of cash. From the insurance. Yeah, that's a that's a whole that's a that's more of a lottery than the actual lottery because you're probably going to have to with the twists and turns in our apartment. There's a lot of you concrete. Might break your spine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I oh. want to get it to this. You were talking about before this. You had a, a real juicy diary entry. I I do. I will. It's a, or, it's a note, a note to my old boyfriend. In, yes, uh, the tenth, same one. Tenth grade, same one. These okay. are all for him. These are all me to Mark. Mark. Okay. Yeah. Mark. Okay. Mark. Mark. Yes. Which, Let's hear another Mark note. Okay. Gang, I would love to. <laughs> hey now, honey. Okay, because we went to see the Grateful Dead, and Hey now is like a awesome Grateful you Dead. You are so yeah. cool. Oh my god. Oh my god. Really? I've thought uh, just because they had a lot of drugs there. That's really what brought me, guys. I wasn't because like, hey, I love this music. Those I was like, lots, acid, man. free acid. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I loved acid. You guys, I used to take it all the time. Oh, acid. Okay, Mark. <laughs> hey now, honey. I'm getting so frustrated by all this school shit. Check this out. I had a test last week in Mr. Rosen's class, and I failed it. Now wait, I fully studied for it! Exclamation point. That's what really gets me down. Also, we're always watching these fucking boring movies that bore the class to death! Exclamation point. The only thing that saves me is your cute face. I really don't want to come here tomorrow. Can we please go somewhere safe but comfy for the day? I haven't ditched once. Think about it, Kay. Because I fucking ditch. This is in September. This is a oh, your brand new school year. Yeah, I haven't even. Not a week has gone by. I'm like, (laughs) I haven't ditched yet. Come on, let's get out of here. This fucking place, comfy but safe. Okay. (laughs) You listen. You have the important things in mind. Thank you. Okay, this is going to be kind of a long letter because I'm really tired of watching this film about planets. (laughs) (laughs) We had to watch a film about water one time, and it was and it showed. It like zoomed into like the super, super, super microscopic little like bugs and creatures that are always on you. Like from the water, that they when you're in the shower, it zoomed in and it was like you're covered in bugs when you're getting showered. I you- have a water note in here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, How about that? Awesome. <laughs> Sorry, continue. It's OK. No, the planets. I was just mad about planets today. I love writing to you and watching you smile while you read it. Have you ever wondered how it would be to be a with a to be a teacher with a class that fails every test? That would make me feel lame. But enough about school. Let's talk fiendish thinking. Oh, I want you so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you guys, sex. That's sex talk. I'm 15. Okay. If Moonstar's mommy, that was my best friend, Moonstar. Moonstar? Yeah. I know. You're a child of a hippie. Yep. It's very strange. I was the only one with a normal name and I fucking hated it my whole of life. Of course. I'm like everyone else is like Zoe, Angel, Moonstar, Lily. And there's just your middle name. I don't have one because they were like, just you pick it. Fuck you guys. Get a job. Pick my name. Fucking do something. <laughs> but also Dude. you can. It's not too late. You your middle name could be middle. like unicorn if you want. Yeah. Well, I really wanted Holly when I was a kid. <laughs> Stupid ass Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. I, it took me five seconds, but that's it, good. Thank you. Thank that's you. a really good drag yeah. name, to be honest. <laughs> probably. He's, uh, she's probably out there. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm I'm going to if Moonstar's mommy goes with my mommy to Ojai, because Ojai is one of those places. Of course. I'll ask her if we can sleep over one night, okay? Stop thinking of that for a second. Let me get back to this school talk. Look at me. I'm really I'm I'm really bossy about like what he should oh, think yeah. about at that time. Like first we're gonna talk about this, then we're gonna talk about fucking. Then we're gonna go back to school talk. <laughs> okay, please. All right. Watching Mr. Rosen grade papers really burns me up. He just glances at them and writes a grade. This means that instead of writing a big old thing for a review, you could write anything. I mean, I could write, Mr. Rosen, you fool, you'd never read these a hundred times, and he would never even have a clue. Okay, enough of that, right? Proficiency, here I come. I've got to get out of here. <laughs> i got to get away from these people, <laughs> a- away from these dumb rules. Three exclamation points. You know that a-, a rock dealer sits in front of me with his damn gold chain, his initialed Raiders jacket, and his beeper on his belt? 
this is crazy, baby. Life is beautiful, but adolescence sucks. <laughs> well, the bell rang, so I guess I'll I'll close with I love you, Jess. Oh, I I mean, I this is just like a perfect example of uh, the students being the teachers here. Yep. I mean, I feel like I, I, I know I was privileged to go to a really great public school system where the teachers actually, for the most part, did give a shit about their students yeah. and their classes. Or maybe maybe that was just my perception because I clearly gave a shit. And so they liked mm. me because I was showing up yeah. so much. But um, you had a kid sitting in front of you. Who sold crack rocks? Oh, yeah, of course. And the teacher was just like, I don't give a fuck, whatever. Well, the teacher didn't have... See, what's interesting about growing up in the 80s, like going to school in the 80s, mm-hmm. was there weren't any... Um, like, D.A.R.E. came later. Like, D.A.R.E. came during my later years. Yeah. But it, but, and I was still supposed to be in school, but I had already dropped out by then. So... When did you drop out? In 10th grade. After these letters were written. I stopped. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then I went back later and I went to a different school and I went to an alternative school that took me in mm-hmm. after I'd been living on my own for a while. My mom moved out to live with her boyfriend in Topanga Canyon. And I was like, you're moving out. I'm 15. And she's like, Jesse, my juicer is there. I think I told oh, right. you this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure I told <laughs> yes. you guys last you're week. You're fine. You've yes, got a it's juicer. Just, it's fine. Make some carrot juice and it's like I'm here. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Wait, so I have a question. Of course. So did, did you ever... um. Did you ever get to experience like childhood playing stuff? Like, did you ever have at least get to play with somebody else's toys? Did you ever have a doll? Did you ever did you ever get to be a little girl? I love you so much. Uh, oh boy, here we go, gang. Okay. No, I um <laughs> not as much as I should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I only know this because I have, you know, uh there are certain things like I didn't have underwear till I was like eh, eight or nine. What? Yeah. Um, was this a choice that your mother was like, she's just going to be free? Well, it was a, uh, that's what the excuse was. What I've learned as a grown up now is, and being responsible for myself and care, self care, uh, is that the hippie label was something that a lot of, like my mother and a lot of her peers took on. To have an excuse to live a certain lifestyle right. where no one could say, I've never had shots. Ever? No. I was raised a vegan. Damn. In the 70s and 80s, I was raised a vegan. We were on welfare. Wow. On welfare, you get free meat and cheese. Vegans don't eat meat and cheese. Uh, <laughs> oh, so what the not, hell did you eat? What a twist. Uh, a, lot of char- a lot of chard and a lot of carrot juice. And my godmother even said you were orange. You were partly orange. And when I, and when I met my... I had a doll when I was really, when I was about four or five, I had a little doll that kind of looked like me. It was kind of ratty, blonde haired and naked all the time. Oh. And my, one of my aunts made a dress for me and for the doll. And I remember I loved it so much because the dress was like up to my neck and down to my hands and the, down to my ankles. And I was all covered up and I was like, yeah, this is the spot. And then it was my little dolly had that. Oh, but wow. for the most part, like I met my stepmom when I was seven and she said that I was, she goes, when I met you, you were already on your own. And I'm like, I was seven. She goes, <laughs> yeah. And I go, uh, all right. I mean, that's, so the, so the stories that I've been told, mm-hmm. like when I was four, I was with my mom's uh, dad, also from Forest Hills, Queens. Shout Weird. out, shout yeah, out. shout out. Grandpa and my mom and the sisters. Um, I was with grandpa at, in Las Vegas and I was coming out of the bathroom and my grandpa said, now, did you remember to, and I go, yeah, yeah, I wiped my pussy. And he was just like, when you were four four years old, that's like one of the favorite stories of people to tell about my, you know, upbringing. And I go, it's funny what families decide they're going to tell about you because mm-hmm. it does shape who you become unconsciously. Because yep. they create the narrative <laughs> that you have to then and the expectations that you have to live up to. Exactly. Uh, and that's the expectations is, yeah, yeah I wipe my pussy. Yeah. Yep. And now I, you know, and now I'm known in the comedy, like the people who know me who, when I do comedy, they're like, you're like the vagina comic. And I've, I used to have a web series that was called Getting Sexy with Miss Jessie. That's like all about sex education. And mm-hmm. I love sex education. Mm-hmm. It's one of my things that mm-hmm. I really love. But uh, it is interesting the way that that happens just unconsciously, how you grab whatever label they've given you and your family and whatever role they've. You know. And then you build your entire identity off that. Exactly. And if you and if you veer away, you almost get angry with yourself because you're like, no, 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 I'm this. 
instead of giving yourself the room. And that's why I practice mm-hmm. Buddhism as well, because mm-hmm. it really is about like being nice to yourself and being gentle with yourself when you do feel something different, some mm-hmm. sort of different motivation, some sort of different feeling towards something that you've, I always liked grapes. You know, it could be something as easy mm-hmm. as that. Now I fucking hate them. I, I'm fuck. What happened to me? I was a grape lover from way back. You like know, allowing I mean? the flow of change. Exactly. Exactly. Cause it's, cause everything is constantly changing. And that's, I think, the only reason, like, what's funny about my last letter that I wanted to read so badly for you guys was that last line was that life is beautiful, but adolescence sucks. And I thought, wow, how deep for like a 15 year old little girl to think that life is beautiful, even though I'd been through so much fucked up shit by that time. I'd already seen so many scary and crazy things I'd been shot at. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a bullet in me, like all these fucked up things. I'd been to funerals already of my peers. I'd have people, you know, just, and yet here I am writing, you know, life is beautiful, but adolescence sucks. Cause I'm, to me, I, I look back and I go, look at how beautifully present this little girl was oh, too. incredible. In all these like weird places. So as, as fucked up and tumultuous as my upbringing was, it's an interesting piece that there were always Buddhas around and there were always you know, be here now posters. And I mean, my mm-hmm. mom got beat up by her boyfriend. So I was always like, excuse me, you can't have a Buddha and get beat up. Yeah, yeah I yeah. just can't. <laughs> it just doesn't fucking work out that way. But she had them around. So for me, I think it was one of those weird things where it was like in the peripheral. And for a long time, I was like, fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. And now I'm like, oh, right. They were f- trying to figure shit out. These poor people, mm-hmm. these poor, this poor generation of people who came, like Phil so eloquently said, all wound up from the fifties and sixties, their Mm -hmm. people not being able to give them what they needed Mm -hmm. and everybody going to war and shit. Like there were veterans at my house. There were people that were so mentally ill and my mom was mentally ill. I mean, there was, you know, some serious mental illness. Even now they're not even fucking getting helped by the veterans (laughs) uh, association and all that. Like they're, it's amazing in a a not good way. Did you have an adult that you liked that helped you in a way? You know, I loved a few of the adults around, which mm-hmm. I was, I thought I was really lucky in the fact that my mom was an actress and my dad was a, a guitar player. Mm-hmm. So I always only had artists around. What's funny to hang out with like this boy I was seeing is uh, this Mexican boy. And he was like, so what are you like? White trash. And I was like, <laughs> cause I said I was poor. Right. You know, I go, oh, I grew up poor here. And he goes, so what, like white trash. And he didn't mean it like in a despair. Oh, he was like, really asking. He just was asking like, is that what your deal is? And I was like, no, I go. No, no, because I was, we, they were intellectuals. Like they were, they were artists. Right. So they were all like reading the New Yorker and mm-hmm. had a Buddha in the house and would play, you know, Bessie Smith. Like my, my old boyfriend, Mark, mm-hmm. he wrote to me when my mom passed away and he said, you know, your mom taught me about Bessie Smith. Your mom taught me about uh, golden seal, you know, which is like this weird herb from the Native Americans. Uh-huh. <laughs> So it's interesting what the effects were on, you know, on us. Well, I also think it's pretty remarkable that you've grown up to become still pretty much of that hippie flavor, you know, and you have that kind of, you're an artist and you have that flow and you're liberal minded. And I feel like a lot of kids probably who had the parents, parents like yours, your situation, uh, grow up to become like militant right wing Yes. Buttoned up like the opposite. You yeah. know. So I, I'm really grateful that you were able to uh maintain that spirit and appreciate yes. it and see what was beautiful in it. Thank you. And yeah. uh yeah. next week when we do ra- uh, round three. <laughs> I love you guys. We won't bring it down so much. Today's a heavy day though. The moon was full with the cosmic you oh, know, yeah. there was a, there's there was some a lunar oh yeah, the moon's eclipse. full. See, I'm a witch. Whole, yeah. I only menstruate Any, with the moon. Yeah. Me too. Oh my god, <laughs> so, yeah. me too. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I loved you. Yes. I well, this it. I is befitting it. a tragic act, too. So we'll bring it back around with your high school exile and return. Yay. Yes. Oh, I can't wait to tell the story about when I dropped out because my dad helped me. Oh, this is going to be with that. Yeah. Well, Great cliffhanger. As, as you mentioned, you, you get a gift for every time you participate. <laughs> I love it. So today what I have for you <sighs> is this ugly ass handmade pin brooch thing. 
Um, but you're gonna you're gonna be able to wear it in a way that's not ugly. I already you know, know. I'm gonna rock that. Shit. You are. It's like it's this. Oh, satin... I love it. It's like a satin rose with yeah. a bead coming off. Exactly. Of it. Shut up. I like it. No, I know. Well, I just associate it with like I think one of the moms of my Girl Scout troop oh. who would handmade stuff, and we all like had these vests that were made of this horrible like fabric. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so oh, no, this is divine. Are you kidding? Yeah, you're gonna reappropriate it. I'm gonna put a little uh, perfume. I'll put a little oil on there. Put a little oil. Oh yes, and oil. lure people in. Yeah. Have a smell. Oh, that's a great rose. Have a smell. It actually smells. Yes. Oh, thank it's you. It's perfect I for you. I love it. Thank yeah. you. It is. It kind of goes I love with it. it. Uh, Jess, thanks for coming yeah, back. Thank, thank you, you so much, you guys. And um, good luck today. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Awesome. Well, guys. Oh, see, I just, people make me so happy. Right? Yeah. It's good. It's good. We got to get out of the apartment and talk to more people. Yeah. Our apartment is cute, but it's quite dark. Gotta say. So. Quite dark. Like um, so, so we came here to this to this windowless uh, recording booth. Instead. But at least it's it's very bright, <laughs> and I like the wood paneling around the wall. Anyway, uh, guys, follow us uh, follow us on all Twitter. Places, you all know, places. Uh, the underscore bitch underscore seat. Uh, Google Play and iTunes. Yeah, please, please, please if please. you like us, subscribe to our podcast. Even if you don't listen every week, just subscribe. It helps our numbers. Thanks. And yeah. uh, if you're in Los Angeles or surrounding areas, mark your calendars for March 24th at 7 p.m. At uh, Nerd Melt, we will be having a live show and um, amazing roster of guests, TBA. That's so, right. So uh, until that time, read the artist's way, write your morning pages, and, and treasure, treasure what, what got, got you, you here. Think of the tender things that we were working on. Attention Springwood, my name is Josh Krebs. And I'm Liz Richards. And we're the hosts of Bloody Date Night. So Josh and I have been dating for four years, and Josh loves horror movies, and I hate him. Yeah, so each episode we go through the horror movie franchise canon to watch an episode and then meet up and we discuss it together. And so far it's been going pretty well, right Liz? I think it's gone pretty well so far. Yeah, each episode I try to see how far I can push Liz to watch a really good horror movie until she basically leaves me and it hasn't worked yet. Not yet. And it's awesome because you're the Tatum to my Sydney. You're sweet. And here's a clip from one of our recent episodes. Hello, I'm Exposition. Hey, let me let me tell you what just happened. There's a break-in at this costume store. Somebody stole some ropes, some knives. Somebody stole a mask. They stole $250. They scared a cat. They took two boas. They took two boas. Two feather boas, one uh, set of angel wings. It's one of those goddamn... They're probably having a burlesque. <laughs> probably doing a burlesque show later. I don't know. Oh, Haddonfield. What isn't happening? Haddonfield's first burlesque. Burlesque club. That'd be amazing. I would love that. Um, the Lacey Pumpkin. The la- Ooh. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!